Amen. Amen. Good to see everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Past. <laughs> and it uh, looks like you're all dressed in your right mind reasonably. It's been a rough, <laughs> it's a lot of busyness, isn't it? It just gets crazier as the weeks and months moves around, doesn't it? I just felt uh, one thing you're going to find as we go into uh, the winter, I've just been feeling this very strong. It's almost every day when I wake up, I'm, the Lord just reminds me. Um, so we have a tremendous heritage in supernatural ministry, healing and uh, deliverance and all kinds of things. And uh, I feel like the Lord is returning us to that uh, COVID mess things up, at least in terms of not the healings that we see, but just sort of the way we do it and stuff. So by God's grace, um, we're going to see more and more things change around here. One of them is probably these speakers will move up there and um, I'm going to make more room at the front. And I and really feeling the Lord speak to me about the ability of average, ordinary church people to heal one another. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. It doesn't have a you know, little caveat on there, a very specific super-duper guy, right, or gal. It's uh, us together, the body of Christ and the vineyard's always been like this. And part of, the, of our power is in the way we do it, not asking for a super-duper person to come into town, but employing healing through actually you and I, all of us together. And there's just so much more that comes out of that. But there's something humble about it, but there's also something powerful about it. And I'm really anxious to return that humility and power back, right? I think we've had a lot of things interrupt us, uh, all the churches with with the COVID crisis and all the other changes and stuff. And uh, I'm glad for the video. And you can actually participate while you're at home maybe or something but there's nothing like Jesus life um, and uh, he can come across the airwaves too but there's just something about the body of Christ ministering to one another God gives grace to the humble that humble person that you don't even know next to you just praying for you and we've seen so many thousands and thousands of uh, healings and uh, miraculous interventions and um, I'm just very anxious for our ministry teams uh, to actually uh, go to another place, meaning the people that we sort of spend some time with, asking to come and pray for people. And uh, I'm just sort of hungry for more of ordinary people praying for uh, super ordinary, extraordinary uh, miracles. And that's our heritage. That's what we've done for years. And um, I think I need to make a few arrangements to rearrange the auditorium just a little bit to be more conducive to that. And um, so you, I just can't wait to see that. And I just even in our service, you know, for all these years, that's we've done this sort of ministry. And uh, and I felt like the Lord really has been putting on me uh, to remember your heritage, remember who you are, remember how great things happen uh, with ordinary people. God gives grace to the humble. And so we've seen this in so many, many ways for a long time. But I'm anxious for a lot more, a lot more, a lot more mental, emotional, every kind of healing imaginable. So hopefully you have an outline. It should say give, giving thanks to the Lord. Usually we preach this kind of sermon before Thanksgiving, but I thought I, I would do something on purpose. I'd try it after Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, because um, there's something about Thanksgiving that's so powerful to the Lord, and I, I really want to uh, take some time and just talk about it again. We're just fresh on the holiday and just some very simple things. But there's just tremendous power in uh, thanksgiving, tremendous power in learning to say thank you. We see this all through the scriptures. It's easier to understand the role of thanksgiving in our relationship with God when we understand the history of thanksgiving, excuse me, of the thanksgiving uh, offering or sacrifice. So according to Leviticus 7, there was a fellowship offering. That's something you would bring to the temple, uh, uh, typically an animal or something to be sacrificed. Or it could be uh, grain or some kind of food stuff. But uh, it's given as an expression of thankfulness. It involved an animal sacrifice and offerings of cakes of bread. The person offering the sacrifice ate part of the offering with a priest sharing the joy of thanksgiving and breakthrough together. Isn't that interesting? So the priest is there with them sharing. Why do you think God put that sort of in place there? Well, it's because... Uh, testimony is a very powerful thing. We're learning that with regard to healing that our testimony is incredible. It has so much to do with our victory in the Lord. And uh, matter of fact, if you read uh, Revelation chapter 12, we see here they 
this end time scene, right? There's a loud voice in heaven. Now have come the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. But look what it says in verse 11. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. So we know about that. By his stripes we are healed. And by the word of their testimony. That's very, very powerful. A testimony is a very powerful thing. Somebody armed with a testimony is very powerful. And we see in this whole thing with the fellowship offerings that were expressed uh, as a, there was a number of them, but one of them was called the Thanksgiving offering. It involved an animal sacrifice and offerings of cakes of bread, which is both in that culture, you have to understand, was quite financial, right? So when you brought an animal or grain or whatever, that was of your sustenance. That was financial. It was a financial offering, really. The person offering the sacrifice ate part of the offering with the priest. So the priest is eating that with you, sharing in the joy of the Thanksgiving and, and testimony. This is something that I've been working on with regard to our church a lot, the power of breakthrough with another person, and then the testimony from that breakthrough. It's very, very powerful when it's loosed in the church. And so we see that, the testimonies there. There's the guy, he's testifying and, and enjoying the thing with you, right? One thing that we found, though, which is pretty exciting, is that actually um, when we get a testimony, uh, we found out that it can be reproduced. So actually, one of my main jobs is to make sure that anytime I hear a testimony, something that happens, some kind of breakthrough, gets repeated, right? Because we overcome with the word of our testimony. The testimony is, is somebody gets like, like puts two and two together. Hey, wait a minute. He got healed of his ankle. Why couldn't I get healed of my ankle? That's a very good, good job. Good job. One plus one equals two, right? That's exactly what you should be thinking, right? So I wonder if you have a whole church is infected by that. Hey. He got healed of that. Why couldn't I? Right? So what happens is we overcome, and that faith, of course, is the ingredient there. Faith in the name of Jesus. Right? And we see him healing and then releasing that to his disciples. So this giving thanks to the Lord is far more powerful than we know. Far more powerful. I'm anxious to multiply thanksgiving and testimony in our church more than ever now. It's easy to see where the concept of even a Thanksgiving meal had its roots in the minds of the early Christians of, of America. These early Christians coming, doing their Bible really, really well. And uh, they were so grateful f- for the new land, the new territory. And they saw these scriptures and they saw a great opportunity to have a meal together, right? <laughs> right? And to celebrate. And so much of what we see in terms of... of uh, Religion in America was, comes right straight out of the Bible. And the habits and the actual fabric of our culture, right, it's so important that we stay close to our roots, right? So if you look at Roman numeral 2 in your outline, the concept of thank offerings and thanksgiving is pervasive in the scriptures, especially in the Psalms. There's the idea that one can pray for deliverance, but praise must follow deliverance as surely as prayer springs from need if God is truly to be honored. That's a quote from the NIV Study Bible. And so they're summarizing this understanding of praise and deliverance and how that connects to answered prayer and so on. A thank offering helps us understand several key ideas. And so I'm going to turn to Psalm chapter 50 for some of those ideas. Psalm 50, verses 14 to 15. Sacrifice thank offerings to fulfill your vows to the Most High, and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Interesting. Sacrifice thank offerings. So there's this whole process where they would bring that offering that cost them something, because animals, grain, food was money, monetized, right? So it was sometimes huge for them, especially the poorer of the people, right? So sacrifice thank offerings, come before me, come as an act of your thanksgiving and give me something. And now the animals aren't just, you know, killed and left off to the side of the road. They actually fed people, right? They were actually fed the, or part of the priest's income, right? So the priest is celebrating with you in what's happening there. But then look at the next line. It says, you go do that and then do this. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. To get that connection, I will deliver you and you will honor me. Now, from the time that our children are this high, this high, getting to walk, 
They can talk. We teach them to say, thank you. What's one of the first words we tell them? Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we think it's so cute, right? But we're training them. We want them to be grateful. We want them to understand this comes from, uh, from us and from somebody. You know, and It's not just taken for granted, right? Nothing worse than a child, snotty-nosed kid, turns into a snotty-nosed teenager, turns into a snotty-nosed adult that has no sense of thanksgiving, no sense of understanding of the blessing that's on their life. We have a great deal of problems with that in our own country right now. You know, there's so much blessing, and you don't know that if you're raised in it, but if you go take a trip somewhere, <laughs> it doesn't have to be very far, just down to your southern border or some other places, you find out how really, truly blessed we really are. The problem is that we get so entitled that it causes really bad things to happen spiritually. So God is saying this, if we go just the opposite direction, sacrifice thank offerings, give me thanksgiving, even the kind that costs something, then you turn around and do this, and call on me on the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you will honor me. So you honor me on the front side, you honor me on the back side. You thank me for what I did, but I'll deliver you. Now, I just think what I just said there is incredibly, incredibly profound, if I do say so myself. I should say, if the Bible does say so itself, right? It's, it's such a simple thing, but in my walk with the Lord, year after year, I see it's more and more important every year. I get a new revelation, understanding of this exchange between me and a loving God. You don't have to give. You get to give. Oh, my gosh. If that was the end of the road and you just sort of gave to something in the church, some need, some pressing thing, some building project, that's one thing. But you don't give, first of all, the church, you give to God. That's the key thing. And it's your heart interfacing with God that makes all the difference in the world. You don't have to tithe. You get to tithe. It's an expression of your thanksgiving, your praise. It's a part of worship. And it comes back on your own head. Good measure the Bible calls it. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. For you that have been doing that a long time, you know of the long haul what happens in your life, right? So thanksgiving is a very powerful thing. A thank offering helps us understand several key ideas, right? Well, the first one I just read. Now the second one, Psalm 107, 17 to 22. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word, and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Okay, now here's what happens. Let them give thanks for the Lord, to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Now, when you do that, you're not only saying something in the past, but you're also preparing something for the future. And if you look at the scriptures behind this and a person that carries them this way, you not only are th saying, thank you, Lord, but you're also preparing the future. You're preparing for what God is going to do, right? Uh, so it's an incredible lifestyle. So... A thank offering helps us understand a couple of key ideas. One's prayer for help in time of need, prayer and thanksgiving when prayers are answered, costs and the fulfillment of vows. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell all of his works with songs of joy. So in uh, the scripture, Revelation 12:4, there's something very, very important. It's a passage I love more and more every day. It says here about overcoming the devil. It says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. So one way we overcome evil in our life is not only by the blood of the Lamb, the supernatural Lamb, the power of Jesus Christ in us through the Holy Spirit, the, the, what, what His blood bought for us, uh, what happened in the atonement, the cleansing of our sins, all of that. But we also overcome by what? The blood of our testimony. Because the testimony, what it does is when we give the testimony... I, what it happens is it, it causes uh, 
an awareness of the supernatural. It causes an awareness of God. There's nothing like a great testimony to help us understand God. Matter of fact, many of us are in this room simply because somebody gave a testimony. Something that happened uh, with a friend. Something that happened with one of our neighbors. Something that happened with one of our relatives. You know, that's why a lot of us are here. The word of their testimony brought us in. So if you focus on that for a moment and realize that when something good happens to you and you give thanksgiving and you testify to it, it's one of the biggest things that you have even with regard to your workplace, where you live, uh, where, where, where you work, where you spend time, right? When you're giving that testimony, people listen, especially if you're just an ordinary person. You, see, you know, and they knew that your, your ankle was killing you and you'd been hobbling in there for a couple of months and they say, hey, you're not hobbling. Well, yeah, yeah, because I got prayed for at church and it completely disappeared. You, you've been struggling with that for quite a long time, right? Yeah, it's been like months. Yeah, I've seen that. You mean they prayed for you and now it's well? Or, yeah, it's completely well. So that person, it's a smart person, think, hmm, they got healing and my left ankle's killing me. I wonder if I could put those two together, right? And this is the way it works. And uh, a matter of fact, out here in the underneath the tent, we have just a tremendous amount of healing that happens. I mean, just a tremendous amount, more than I've ever seen, never, no, more than I ever dreamed I would see in a local church. It's so funny because uh, because it's not all happening here, but it's happening out there, where we actually take care of people, feed them, and preach to them, and all that. Uh, God gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the needy, and He just seems to be extra abundant there. But the thing of it is. We should all be jumping for joy about that and rejoicing that it happens because it's coming soon to a theater near you, right? I don't think God's so hard of heart that he would do, you know what, because they needed food, I thought I'd just throw in some healing just to help out, you know. <laughs> no, we actually go after it on purpose there, right? But the thing is, there's something about the soul that's been wasted by disease, sickness, something about that and the finances together, something about the holy desperation that causes a person to be more open to prayer and to things than they would before, right? And so it's very, very powerful. So we get to see this all the time. And one of the things that we do out there is people give their testimony. It's very informal. You know, nobody's really on the spot. Everybody's just sort of in the same soup, so to speak. But it just causes this amazing faith to rise and causes so much grace. It's amazing. Jesus was both our sacrifice and our, our high priest. We worship him with praise and thanksgiving from our lips, with sacrifice and with, and with sacrifices that cost us something. So Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 to 16. I want to just read a couple of verses here and a couple of other great verses right, right along here. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root springs up. Oops, wrong one. That's a good one, too. No, here we go. Through Jesus, therefore, this is 13, that was 12. Therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Right? Let's read it again. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So there is... A sacrifice that we offer up in our time called the sacrifice of praise. There's also a sacrifice of thanksgiving that we do with our mouth. And then there's this that we do. Do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices God has pleased. So when you come in and worship, you're giving a sacrifice. You're taking your time before the living God. You're standing, lifting your hands up, and you're giving a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. You're taking your time to tell God how great he is. And the Bible records that as a sacrifice. Now, for most of us, I don't think we feel like it's much of a sacrifice at all. Matter of fact, we look forward to that, right? Much more than the, pers the sermon, for sure, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know. I do. I look forward to it more than my speaking. I've heard for sure, for sure, for sure. Why? Because there's something beautiful, there's an aroma, there's a sacrifice, it's everybody participating, not just somebody speaking at you, but you're speaking to God, right? And so, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, like that would not only be in a meeting, but all the time with our mouth, praising God, thanking God for what we have, the fruit of lips that have openly professed His name. 
You know, it's funny because we work really hard with our little ones, especially when they're really small. Not to, you know, they just really don't want them to become snotty-nosed brats. I mean, it's really important. It's just embarrassing when they become that, right? So we're always teaching them these things. It's embarrassing in public, but also we just don't want them to grow up like that and want peace in the household, and we don't want this sort of spirit of entitlement that just comes. You know, it grows on someone so fast as a kid, but it grows on us as well. We just don't see it because we're now grown up. Our entire nation doesn't see it. Our whole country is so entitled, that's part of our problem. We have no idea what we have. Our people have no idea because most of them have never been beyond the borders. I mean, there's a lot of people that have traveled more now, but they have no idea what the rest of the world really looks like. And so they have all these theories about life and this and that without having traveled to see what some of those theories they think are so great actually produces the fruit of it, what it's like to live in another place, right? It's so important. Uh, that we just understand that Thanksgiving is one of the greatest holidays we could ever have if we use it right to actually thank God for what he's given us. Thank God for this country. Why is it that all those people are trying to cross the border into the United States? Because it's a really crummy place and nobody wants to live here? Why does the whole world want to be here? Well, I think sometimes we forget why, right? And so it's so important, the sacrifice of praise so important that we develop a spirit of thanksgiving in our own heart, that we walk in those ways. And God's listening for it, by the way. He's taking care of our country on a way that we, we can't imagine. Look, study all the civilizations of history and look through Bible civilizations. You even read through the Bible and see what they had to go through, what it was like to live in those places, right? And what it's like to live in a whole bunch of the world already. So it's very important that we're liberal with our sacrifice of praise to the Lord, thanking Him for what we've been given. And do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Those three words are the most three. God is pleased. I want God to be pleased with me. How about you? Well, here we go. Give thanksgiving with your mouth and give thanksgiving with your deeds. Do good. Share with others. Give. Matter of fact, it's so funny. Give, the scripture says, and what? Oh, but it's it's not just a little bit. It says give, and it should be given. Do anybody else know the rest of that verse? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's a big deal. Okay, what what is it? I, I do. I, I give, and it shall be given to me. Who who's going to give it to me? God. What is he going to give? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Why would he do that? Because he's generous, unlike you <laughs> and me. Why do I know he's generous? Because he gave his only son when he didn't have to. He became a man, and he allowed him to be crucified and killed on a horrible cross. He let people reject him just so that you could be reconciled and become sons and daughters. That's how you know how God is. With such sacrifices, God is pleased, but he played paid the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his perfect son up so we could call on the name of God and be little Jesuses running around. Be like God, right? It's very, very powerful, isn't it? In Matthew chapter 25, verses 37 to 40, we just see these little examples throughout the whole scripture that are so incredibly important uh, for our walk with the Lord. These things that I'm talking about these aren't like side tangential issues. They're not the issues we just bring up because it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is your life. This is how you survive, right? Matthew 25, verses 37 to 40. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? So he says up above, he says, you know, Come, you blessed, come into your inheritance, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me, right? Then the righteous will answer, well, I don't remember when I saw that. When, when did I see you do that? When, when were you hungry and when we feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you see, when did we see you a stranger invite you in or needing clothes or clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these of my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You did for me. Amazing. So all those things that you do for other people, you do 
to Jesus, right? And that's why it's so important. So it's just a privilege for us to have a mercy warehouse, and it's a privilege for us to do all the other things that we do. Anything that has to do with people that are in need, it's a privilege. It's an honor. It's one of the gracious, most gracious gifts God ever gave our church is the ability to do this thing, to be able to do this on a day-in, day-out basis with ordinary people in our community. It's one of the greatest gifts. I, 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 I thank God every day that we get to do this. I thank God every day that we get to give, that we get to be a part, that we get to help, that we begin to be a meaningful part in people's lives. It's, it's not something we have to do. It's the greatest privilege around. And guess what? Here's the secret. <laughs> For all the sacrifice and all the giving and all the time and all the energy we put into it, it comes back on our own head. Give and what? It shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And we certainly have been experiencing that. See, giving, this is Roman numeral three, reflects the core of our relationship with God, our willingness to give him honor in worship, for example, just like we were doing today. Actually, when we worship this like we do, it's, it's, it's a gift to the Lord. It's something that we do motivated by our heart to God, right? That's why, like, quibbling about whether, like, it's just right this way or you didn't sing that song or it was too loud over here, it was too whatever, Come on, guys, this is to the living God. We're doing our best, right? Right? Maybe they didn't sing exactly the song you wanted to or whatever. That's not the point. The point is you come in here to worship the living God. Whatever you do, don't touch that worship. It's, it's really special to the Lord. We don't do it perfectly. Churches never do it perfectly. We never, right? But we do it. And we like to do it a long time. <laughs> maybe not for other people maybe some people but for us you know some people wow you guys worship a long time well we're not really doing it to do it a long time we just like to do it right it's just fun you know why it's fun because he inhabits the praises of his people so when Jesus shows up it's pretty good huh listen my people and I will speak I will testify against you Israel I am your my God your God this is Psalm 50 sounds ominous doesn't it I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings which are ever before me. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from the, your pens. <laughs> Every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, you have to understand this a little bit context. So the animals and stuff is money to them, right? They don't have much currency. So owning animals is like you're wealthy, right, if you own a bunch of animals, right? I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, <laughs> I would tell you, for the world is, is mine and all that is in it, in it. Do I eat the flesh of the bulls and, or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice. Now, here's the point. Here's the point, guys. Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. That's the point. And the animals, the animals were currency, right? They were the only currency that most people knew of the day. It's like money. So they're giving their offering, right? So we do it in currency now, right? Not, we don't bring, well, we do actually bring a lot of food. Thank you, by the way, for all the food you do bring, because we actually receive a lot of food from people's gifts and give it away. But, but here's the key thing. Sacrifice thank offerings to God because you give it to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. And this is the part I like. And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. I like that deal. I think that's a pretty good deal. How about you guys? Okay, I'm getting a little excited now. I'm so tired from uh, Thanksgiving, but I'm getting excited. This is the only thing that really does excite me, actually. It's the only thing that really works in all of our lives, right? Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That's another way that we give. We give thanksgiving. We give worship. We spend time before the Lord. That's why, how dumb. Oh, God, 15 minutes. I wonder if this is going to be 20 minutes. Oh, my, it's getting longer and longer. Oh, my gosh. I think you missed the point <laughs> with regard to your worship, right? <laughs> Hopefully the Holy Spirit helps you a little bit and you enjoy it. But the point is, it's not about you. It's about Him, right? Let us come before Him thanksgiving and extol Him with music and song. It's about Him, right? 
Come, let it sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout out to the rock of our salvation. It's not about you. It's about Him. But in doing so, He even rewards you, even though it's about Him, right? He puts it back on your own head. It's so powerful. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. You don't get the idea that there's like, you know, somebody looking at their watch there. Where, no, we're doing this from our heart to the living God, right? Wonderful. Well, if the Lord is good, it is He who made us, and we are His people. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. So with thanksgiving, you get to enter His gates. That means you get to enter into His presence. In other words, you get closer to Him and His courts with praise. So thanksgiving does that. When you thank other, another person for something they do, or you thank Him, you enter into His presence. You get closer, right? His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. So what a beautiful exchange that we get. What a wonderful thing we get to enter His gate. So we are a presence-driven church. So we found that thanksgiving and praise causes the presence to amp up, the presence of God. Now by presence, I don't mean like something, whoo, I mean, I mean directly connected presence. Yes, it's supernatural, but to Him, so the issue isn't even about the presence. It's about His presence. It's about Him, right? And He does have a presence about Him, right? And when we do that, we're, the whole issue of coming to church, it's not about you. It's not about your schedule or like, do you have time for this? Or <laughs> You sort of miss the point. It's about Him. So somewhere in this, you need to be about Him and offering these sacrifices of thanksgiving foretold by the ancient scriptures where they actually gave something of worth to give a sacrifice of thanksgiving uh, to God, right? You give something that's of worth. You worship in lots of ways. With your singing is your time, right? And with your gifts, your finance gifts, you're giving to the king. And the whole crazy thing about it is that you see throughout the whole scriptures is when you do that, you just get more, not less. It's like it's elastic. When you learn how to give, sometimes you have to learn to give because you're not used to it. You didn't come from that background or you never really tried out or your finances are freaking you out, <laughs> right? So the only time my finances freak me out is if I didn't think I gave enough, right? If I feel good with my giving, my finances rarely freak me out. And sometimes through my history, they've become pretty freaky. I mean, honestly, I've been in debt. I mean, I can't even... If I say how much I've been in debt before in the scope of my ministry, you would be surprised. I'm not in debt now. Maybe that's the key. But I never stopped giving in the midst of all of it, right? Never, never. It was my lifeline to God. It's my, it's my life. It's my worship. If I do anything, I'm going to make sure that gets done, right? But I found out that God's so good, He actually has a way of clearing things, rearranging things, catching up with you in really weird unexpected ways. Huh, Brent? <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> God catches up with you. He does. Giving thanks reflects the core of our relationship with God. Our willingness to give Him honor and worship is part of that core. The power of thanksgiving in the circumstances of our lives. Uh, I want to just uh, read uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4 and Luke 17. We're getting here to the end. I like preaching on this. This is fun. That's why I'm, even though Thanksgiving's over, I'm doing it again, right? Such a powerful lesson and so important for us today. A lot's gone on, right? And what happens in our environment because of the things that have happened to our country and our culture, there's a lot of meanness, a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, a lot of stuff going on. So one thing we want to make sure to do is just make sure that we're grateful people, Okay. First of all, as bad as some of the politics can be in our system, you still live in the United States of America, the most wonderful place on the whole face of the planet, right? You still live there. It didn't change any, by the way. Go take a visit anywhere you want to go. You'll find. This is still a pretty darn good place to live, right? Lord, we thank you for our country. We thank you for living in such a delightful place. Thank you for remembering us. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. This is Luke 17. 
as verse 11, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. <laughs> he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. That's an interesting part of that, isn't it? Your faith has made you well. You going and showing yourself to the priest when I told you, and that was some distance, by the way. He had to walk, and he's leprous, right? So he went, and along the way, he got healed, which is incredible. There's a really powerful thing right there. He didn't get healed right then. He went as he, and he went and showed himself to the priest, so there was a testimony there. Then he came back and gave thanks. So that's actually how miracles work. They're like a sign and a wonder and a testimony to the hardest of hearts. And then there's also that part where we give thanks. We get to enjoy the Lord. Matter of fact, this lifestyle is just such a delightful lifestyle. So much joy in it, so much privilege in it. That's why Philippians 4 is one of my favorite passages. Rejoice, Lord, always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. It's Philippians 4 4. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. But I tell you, that'll help your prayers a lot. Just the sense of when my child asks me for something and it's not always got this edge on it, right? Like if you don't give it to me, I'm going to die. Or you've been holding out on me. I'm tired of waiting, blah, blah, blah. It just does not bring so too much grace out of a parent's heart, especially if he's doing it in that tone of voice and in that way <laughs> that drives you crazy, right? Why does that drive you crazy? Well, maybe God gets driven crazy the same way. I don't want to drive God crazy. I want him to like me. <laughs> I don't want him to. He likes me, but he was going to make sure, just like you like your kid, and make sure he corrects that little thing. Take note. I think I better take care of that little problem there, you know? Because, like, how can two or three walk together unless they be agreed, the Scripture says. We're not agreed emotionally and mentally here. <laughs> you know? And I don't know what he's projecting out to these people, right? But we're not a- together here, right? So look, to be anxious about anything, but in everything by situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So when you're giving that petition, you're also giving it with thanksgiving. Lord, I need this, but I want to thank you for what you've done. I'll tell you what that does. It just makes that whole thing so palatable, so easy to understand with children, right? But with God, it's the same way. God's not like like big uh, sort of thing in the sky where you put the coin in and out comes the miracle, right? There's relationship. That's why this whole thing of the Thanksgiving offering is so interesting. You bring your animal, but you do it with this. You tell the, the priest your good fortune and thank God for it, and you do it together. Then you sit down and have a meal celebrating what happened. Isn't that interesting? That's the thing. This is to me. I like it, right? The thank offering. That's the way it worked. You're doing it not only to him, but to other people. Other people are getting it, get the benefit as well, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. So put salt on your prayer, present your request to God, and get to this. This is the best part. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, let me read this again. Do not. Well, let's just go to the top. Rejoice, Lord, always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Not only do you get the answer, but you have peace. So this whole thing of asking and petitioning, the whole thing of prayer and rejoicing and thanksgiving, all of that bottled up into one means, I'm going to be pretty happy about this whole thing. I'm going to be rejoicing. I get to, this, is, this is the formula for rejoicing in the Lord. And by the way, for all the things I could rejoice in, there's nothing happier than this. For you that have experienced this joy, I tell you, I live for this joy. Just the sense of being with God, Him pleased with me, feeling happy on the inside, everything's settled. I've given it to God, right? I've given it to others. And even when I'm not receiving for what I need, I'm still expecting back a miracle, right? Wow. You don't have to give. You get to give. By the way, you come into church on Sunday morning. God, what are you giving when you do that? You're giving your time. What else are you doing? 
You're giving praise and thanksgiving to Most High God. You're, you're not coming for your friend or because, you know, the church needs me. You're coming to tell God how great He is. And that's worth it. That sacrifice, if you understand it completely, you become happy. Matter of fact, I hope that you can understand the happiness of the whole thing of coming together. Whether it's in a small group or a larger group, there's, there's a joy there, right? So at the very end here, Thanksgiving is our response to God that transcends all our circumstances. If God is for us, who can be against us? And I just want to read a few of these verses before we go here. One of them is uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 31. One of my favorite verses. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, what, what's the rest of it? Anybody know that verse? Yeah, about 50% of you know the rest of that. Or you didn't want to say it. Let's do it again. If God is for us, then what? Wow. That's pretty good. He who did not spare his own son, he gave first. God's the most generous in the whole universe. You know that? He gave his own son when he didn't have to. Created the universe, he gave his own son. But gave him up for us all. How will we not also along with him, what's that word say? graciously give us all things. Uh, how many things is that? It's not just money, is it? Healing, refreshing, encouragement, strength, marvelous comrades, husbands, wives, children. Ooh, anything that's good, right? He did not spare his own son, so he gave first, right? But gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. Aren't, aren't you glad that you worship a gracious God? I am. You know, Jonah discovered a gracious God. He sort of had to get it the hard way because God wanted him to offer this, uh, this um, uh, gift of forgiveness to some rascals that didn't deserve it, right? And he had a sense, being the prophet, that these rascals may eventually attack Israel, so he didn't want anything to do with warning them that they were about to be destroyed. Yet God had so much favor, so much grace for the world, for God so loved the world, not just Israel, right? They gave his only begotten son. He took care of it with the greatest sacrifice of all, eventually, right? All scripture in the Old Testament looks forward to that day. And all scripture in the New Testament looks back toward that day, right? So Jonah... 2, verses 7 to 10. When my life was ebbing away, that's after he got swallowed by the fish. God had to talk him in to go on and talk to those people. <laughs> so he gets swallowed by a fish, which is very interesting. So he wasn't doing well, evidently, at the bottom of the ocean there. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. <laughs> There's something wrong with this situation. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, listen to this, with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. So he learned his lesson. <laughs> and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Pew! I hope in the Holy Spirit reruns or the end of time reruns, we get to see that vomiting part on the ocean. I really want to see that. I was wondering if it was like a projectile vomit or just sort of a slither out. I'm not sure, but I'd love to see, you know. And you know, and Jonah, he's, and you know what's going on there, you know. He's there and you know he's thanking God. Oh God, thank you. And he's not worried about the vomit or anything. Oh, 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 I figured it out. I figured it out. Okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> I tell it to Nineveh. So funny. And then here's the amazing thing of grace of God. God knows what he's going to do. So he goes to Nineveh, if you know the story, right? And he's grumbling by the time he gets there. He forgets everything. Now he's upset. And he's sitting outside the city hoping that God doesn't, hoping that God destroys the whole place, right? And then when he doesn't, he gets upset, right? And then there's this little thing that's hanging, giving him some shade. Now he's ticked off by that God didn't destroy the city and also that God destroyed his little plant that was giving him shade, you know? And God kind of comes to him, you know, shouldn't have I had concern over all these people? Did you not get that? 
<laughs> basically says, no, I'm upset. I'm upset because of the plant, and I've been upset by the whole thing. I knew this was going to happen. If I go, they would repent, right? So he kind of lost his way, didn't he? Now, here's the thing. God knew that he was going to lose his way again, right? He was going to get, but he still had grace on him, right? So even took into account the thanksgiving he gave, and he lost that really quickly when he went and gave the message, right? But anyway, how gracious God is, right? And here's the last one. 1 Thessalonians 5, great prescription for living. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will for you? Well, let's see. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will. How many circumstances? Good ones? Yeah. Bad ones? Ooh. Wow. Even when the wrong parties and presidency or the wrong guy got elected that he didn't vote for or when somebody's doing something really dumb over here or over there, right? Wow. Pray, continue to give thanks in all circumstances. God wants us to smell good to the world. The whole world's complaining, irritated, off. He doesn't want us to be complaining, irritated, and off in the name of Jesus, <laughs> which is somehow we found a theology to do that get ticked off in the name of Jesus, right? Well, let's see. Let me go back. Let's see. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Wow, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's God's will. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Wow. And then he says the next line, don't quench the spirit. <laughs> well, the spirit's how you live, how you hear God, how you feel God, right? So I don't want to quench him. I, I need him to be active in my life. I want to hear his voice. I want him to be alive, right? Oh, what a wonderful passage. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is what? God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Why don't we all stand? So I mentioned this earlier, and... Um, I think we're just sort of still coming off of COVID a little bit, just the kind of messed our routines up a little bit, and I'm very anxious to getting back to that. One thing we're going to do is we're going to hang these speakers higher. I'm going to make some room, more room at the front, and I want to do it because there's power in the saints. There's power in our ability to pray for one another. And if that means that you come in here and you've got a migraine headache that you've been suffering with for years and years, and you suddenly get well, then now we did our job. But how are you going to do that? You're going to get well because someone, another fellow priest of yours, God, by, by, by the way, the Bible calls us priests. He's going to come up there. He's going to listen to what you have to say. She's going to come up, hear what you have to say, going to lay her hands on you, pray for you, and you're going to get well. Now, if we make room for that, in the humility and thanksgiving of God, we're going to see a lot of miracles. If we don't, we won't see as many, right? So unfortunately, or fortunately, and I think it's fortunately because I think it's the most beautiful thing, God gives us treasure in earthen vessels. So our ability to pray for one another is where all the action is. And not just from one person, but from all the saints. All of us are packing. <laughs> all of us are loaded. <laughs> all of us have something to offer, right? And it's the humility of that whole thing that causes the grace. God gives grace to the humble. So if I put on a show and got a light show up here and I'm blah, blah, boom, dancing around, okay, maybe good. God's still gracious, maybe he'll people, but oh, there's so much more blessing by just ordinary people praying for one another. God gives grace to the humble. That's humble, right? Ah, that guy looks like me. He's not one special. Like, <laughs> you never thought the other guy up in the front raving his hands around was special either, but you thought you'd take a chance, and at least everybody agrees that this, this must be something special. But what's special is that humble person standing there with you where two or three gather together in my name and getting the answer, right? So what I'd like to do is I'd like to have our ministry team come up and just, I want you to come up and line up along here. And we're just going to get some ordinary citizens here and we're going to ask God for miracles today. What a great weekend i have miracles happen. That migraine situation you've been suffering for your whole life. That issue with your hip that you're troubled with. That tonsil that doesn't seem to want to get well. That ringing in your ears is driving you nuts. Right? So I just think we should pray on this wonderful Thanksgiving day 
uh, for anybody that has physical need. Before we do that, let's just take a moment and let's just just take at least a second here, okay? And just, we'll just maybe take a, two minutes or something like that. Just thank God for something, okay? Just thank God for something, okay? Just bow your head and just thank God for something. Just thank Him. And, just, and it might be a little hard, especially if you've been disappointed or tired or discouraged. But once you get going, you'll find the oil comes on and you'll start finding multiple things to say thank you about. So just do that. Some of you came maybe here disappointed, discouraged over stuff or tired or whatever. Just tell God something. Thank you. Just tell Him thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for these volunteers, Lord. Just pray for people. Thank you. Thank you for every miracle we've seen here. Thank you for all the grace you put on us. Thank you for our finances. Thank you for us living in this beautiful country who inaugurated the Thanksgiving around the world. Our forefathers. Thank you. As you say Thanksgiving, give Thanksgiving to God. I got a feeling it's sort of like putting salt on your food. <laughs> I got a feeling some of you are going to experience an incredible breakthrough today. So if you need healing now, you just come up to the front. Somebody will pray for you, okay? Just come right now wherever you are. And we'll keep with the worship, and we'll all be here for a little while, just worshiping and praising God. If you want to take a little extra time to thank God for something or just spend some time with the Lord, feel free to do that. Lord, I'm asking you today, especially on this day of Thanksgiving, as people come to the front for all kinds of things, and maybe they've come up to the front 15 times before, Lord, let this be the day that you bring great grace on them. You would heal them and deliver them from evil. In Jesus' mighty name. And thank you for helping us through this great season, Lord. The season of threat, the season of pain for the whole world. We thank you that we are intact, that we are whole, that you have seen us through beautifully and you continue to watch over us every day. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your amazing provision for us as a body, for the church at large and the world, and for all the grace you've shown us. Lord, I just declare good measure on you pressed down, shaken together into the new year. May God bless you in every way in Jesus' name.